0: When it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue, commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing because I'll be willing and deal if I meet a trade, because I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ay, and I'm a junkie, ay. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ay. See, I'm a junkie, ay, and I'm a junkie, ay. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ay.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode... One forty nine of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network, the DAP network, if you will. And we do. We love dapping it up this week. It is your host, Andrew Hall in the solo chair. We'll see if Scott shows up. He's a little busy with life. Happens sometimes to the best of us, but that's OK, because I've got one of my favorite people in the podcast this week. I was on your podcast uh, last week, I think, it was two weeks. I, it blurs. Yeah. Time is time. Is not linear to me anymore? It's just kind of all the same. But it's a
2: pleasure having Chase Vernon with me here tonight. How are you doing tonight, Chase? What's up, Andrew, man? I'm excited to be on. I'm ready to kick it, ready to rock and roll. I don't know about you, man, but we're cooking up some stuff tonight.
1: It's going to be fun no matter what. Honestly, anytime I'm talking football in July or June, July, August, any of this offseason, I'm just a huge fan. I always think it's just such a good time to talk football. There's so much going on. And at the same time, there's nothing going on. Uh, it's but all this- speculation almost, you know? This is, this is the time of year when you can make some crazy trades and kind of see some really insane evaluations. So I'm excited to talk it up with you tonight and uh, get into some interesting Dynasty topics. We've got planned tonight at least the AFC running backs for the show tonight. I know you updated as I remember things. But uh, just so that in case people aren't familiar with you or, or what you're doing, where can people find your work and what are you up to these days? I know you're busy. What are
2: you doing? Well, you can find me stocking the shelves at your local grocery store. Uh, I do a lot of work doing that. No, I'm totally kidding. I work over there with Trophy Smack. You guys can go check it out over there at trophysmack.com. You can see the belts, the trophies, the rings, all that stuff behind me. TrophySmack.com. Use promo code CIRCLE, and you'll actually get a free ring along with the purchase of a championship belt or trophies. Go check that out over there at trophysmack.com. Promo code CIRCLE. You also can also find my info over there at Player Profiler. Hopefully, we'll get back into some DFS action, which I've already started tweeting again. I've actually seen a pretty, uh, pretty – significant uptick in DFS attention, which is weird since it's July, but I love that. Yeah. we well, are DFS. We're, yeah. We're
1: definitely going to be talking about that. Cause I, I love that tweet of yours. You're, you're thinking like not just two steps ahead, but like six months ahead. Like that's, that's crazyville to me, but at the same time, that's where you can find those edges, right? If you're putting in the extra effort, you can make some extra decisions and, and kind of get crazy in those underdog best ball drafts that we're all doing for best ball mania. And obviously there's the SFB 13, uh you know, charity league that, You know, if you win that, you get into Scott Fishbowl 14, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, at some point tonight. Uh, So I love the the fact that you're willing to put in the effort and the energy for the people that follow you. I love that tweet that you put out there just saying, like, hey, wait a minute. Did anybody think about this? Like, we have a really crazy Week 10 coming up. Uh, Just for those that missed it, just real quick here at the top. I mean, why don't you kind of fill us in? What is your deal with DFS and why are you looking so far ahead? Is it just because you're crazy like the rest of us or is it just something you stumbled into? Like, what, what are your thoughts with that?
2: so I just pinned it to my profile you guys can go find it over there at FF underscore intervention it's up at the very top I literally just pinned it as we're speaking right now
0: Beautiful. so uh
2: I was looking into stuff for DFS I mean for for best ball right and I was trying to find a way to you know create leverage on the field without selling away my team or doing something crazy like drafting you know Jonathan Taylor with the 101 something like that right so yeah. I the weekly DFS which only a thousand people get paid out and there's like 96,000 entrants or something like that so yeah you have a very very slim shot at winning a weekly prize but everybody's joining it because they think oh I have more of a chance to win yeah you kind of don't have more of a chance to win because typically if your roster is good well it's going to end up making it multiple times versus not making it multiple times so I, I took a look into which weeks have significant buys and which teams I would like to try to avoid in order to attack certain weeks. So I put together a sheet. In fact, I have it right here.
1: uh, Perfect. If you're following on YouTube, you can see the physical sheet. This is amazing. This is terrific live content, Chase. I appreciate it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually have the sheet of my draft strategy for teams that I want to try and avoid for bye weeks, which I have different strategies. It's not my only one. This is just one of my 10 strategies that I'm trying to apply to the week winners. I'm, I'm not doing this for any other league. This is just the weekly winners, and essentially, I'm trying to avoid by weeks five, seven, ten, and thirteen. Mm, uh, okay. I know by weeks ten is a a, a wild week, yes. so I pinned the tweet to my profile, uh, and you can see how, what what Andrew is talking about because week ten for DFS is, is going to be nuts. I'm just going to start out by saying that Mahomes hurts. Tua and Stafford are on bye. Uh, there's one, two, three, four. Five, six other quarterbacks that will most likely be ranked in the top ten to twelve that are also out that week. So, essentially, I was trying to look at, at how to attack Week Ten and attack the other bye weeks to give me multiple different opportunities, four to- different times this season, where I could leverage the field and try to come up with the optimal team. Uh, and it kind of started with with Bijan Robinson and Amon Ross St. Brown. So I, I can't give away the rest of my strategy in terms of that. But that's essentially what I was looking at was for the best ball uh streets. Obviously, this is dynasty, not season long or best ball, but man, this weekly winners thing is, is sexy, bro. It's it's so sexy. Like oh, in terms I love of that. how you can leverage the field and win 20 grand for first place in one week. Yeah, no, and I,
1: I haven't been able to get into the weekly winners. I've tried. It's not on Android, and it's not on their uh, website. Even for me in Ohio, it's giving me an error, so I'm not sure if there's just some some twist I don't know about. But I love the idea of that, and you're exactly right. That's where you can exploit some some gaps and kind of say, like, all right, well, what is no one else thinking about that I can exploit in week 10 that no one's thinking about? And weekly winners, you draft the same team all year, right? It's, it's a best ball tournament, but they're paying out every week on underdog, and that's huge. So if you can find a week like you're talking about that can win you 20 grand, man, that is an edge. And I love it. And it's it's similar for regular best ball drafts. But with weekly winners, it's way better because they're literally paying out every week. Like you said, 20 grand. Like if, if you can find an edge in a tournament like that, especially a new format that no one else has really dived into yet and kind of get an edge early and, and make that, you know, investment in a sense and kind of just go all in all in on week 10. You might be able to get that winner on week ten, and that's just that's going to change your life. You're right. Twenty grand ain't nothing. That's that's a lot. Yeah.
2: Like that's huge. So I love it. it it's avoiding all all the big bye weeks. So five, seven, ten, thirteen have at least four teams that have significant level players uh, that will help leverage the field. And essentially, when that happens, uh, certain players increase in price in DFS. So I was trying to acquire those players that could see a bump in pricing. Uh, you know, like uh, Bijan Robinson, Amon Ross, St. Brown. I'll give you one more name. Let's see. Which one do I want to give you guys? Uh, we'll say Anthony Richardson. But anyways, that's that's kind yeah. of my approach in terms of trying to acquire an upside team for those four weeks and not really give a shit about the rest of the season because, hell, all it takes is one to win all your money back that you put in the, the weekly winners. Geez.
1: 20 grand would win all my money ever in fantasy back. So like, that would be amazing. That would be awesome. I love the way you're thinking ahead on that. And again, we are a dynasty focused show. So obviously we're going to talk dynasty for the rest of the night, but I would feel remiss if I didn't bring that up because there's a lot of crossover. There's a lot of people, especially now this time of year, a lot of people that are, you know, into dynasty and playing dynasty football and and fantasy football and and have a lot of teams, but are also looking for some edge somewhere else to try to make their money and, and kind of, you know, make their portfolio a little stronger and all that. So, we always like to talk about different formats here. So I appreciate you bringing that up. And again, if anybody in the league, anyone listening, anyone you know paying attention on YouTube, go check out Chase's Twitter at, F, F, at FF underscore intervention uh, and check out that pin tweet for some uh, edges on that. So with that, let's get into the dynasty news. Obviously, news is a weird term in this time of year in my book, right? News is like you said before, it's like we're all speculating. We don't really know. I didn't really put any news on the sheet because I don't think there's really any that Matters, uh, we try to talk a lot about what news can make a difference in your league and where you can kind of capitalize on changes or like find an edge and all that. I don't think there was really any news that came out this week that I recall anyway that made me change anything for dynasty. Was I missing anything? Did you see anything I didn't see? I guess was there any dynasty related news that you saw on the timeline this week?
2: I remember something about the Patriots, but I don't remember
1: what it was. Perfect. That says everything you need to know. Like it's, that's how vague we are right now. Like we're looking for any morsel of news. It's, it's perfect. Um, I, I do think there is, and I don't want to cut you off too much. I do want to hear this Patriots logic, but my I, thought I is don't really, it's, it was nothing. I can't remember what it was. Well, that's kind of where I was going to go. Like my thought is if you can't remember it, it must not have been that important, right? Like no offense, but like, I I see so many different blurbs. I hear so many different coach speaks, you know, it's like just just do your best, right? Let's just try to figure it out. But no, I, we're, we're going to skip the news because again, there really wasn't any. So we're going to get straight into our breakdown. And again, tonight we're going to be talking about the AFC running backs. Uh, we've been doing this uh, last couple of weeks, been talking about different position groups within each conference and kind of giving us a chance to sort of see what we think about these running backs tonight. Uh, I, I'd be remiss too, though, if I didn't start with some of the questions we've got in our chat. I want to get to these before we dive in too deep. Uh, we got Corey in the chat asking, are you a Lions fan, Chase? I mean, you got that Swift jersey right there behind you. But again, Swift isn't on the Lions. I mean, you're wearing blue like I am. But are you a Lions fan or what is your team of choice?
2: Yeah, so uh, I actually renounced my fandom uh, about two years ago and I could hop back onto my team. But I've been a uh, Washington Redskins fan since I was you know, born. I followed the team very closely for multiple years and you know being a fan of a team means that you support the organization right <laughs> you support what the organization's doing you support what what their beliefs are uh you support the the choices they make and you know I'm paying money right to, to buy their jerseys to continue to show support and I haven't agreed with the decision they made in the past 10 years or so right like yeah you know I, I thought that they should have fired Gruden at the time brought on Sean McVeigh. I before that, I thought they should have kept the Shanahans on. And it's just like, at this point, I just don't agree with anything. So why continue to, to pay for, for something that you don't support? Why would you continue to date a girl that continuously cheats on you, right? You don't <laughs> agree with her decisions. Like, essentially, she's cheating on you. So great I, analogy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I stopped rooting for the team as a whole, right? And I started rooting for, you know, individual players for fantasy. And it just so happens to be that all my favorite players got drafted by the lions over the years. DeAndre Swift, Jameson Williams, TJ Hawkinson. I mean, they just kept on p- picking up players that I absolutely loved. The the jersey below that is actually uh, uh Javante Williams college jersey from UNC. There you go. So that's not a lions jersey, that's that's a, a college jersey and then you see the Swift helmet behind me. Yeah. Uh you know, so it's kind of funny. Like a, a lot of the stuff that I do have is Lions memorabilia, but I'm not a Lions fan by any stretch. I am looking for a new team. I, I think that the Lions are most likely in the lead. I love Dan Campbell. I love how they're operating, uh, but I hate their drafts so much. I hate their draft picks because they take uh, the players I like, but they take them way too early. Yeah, like Jameer like, Gibbs. I love Jameer oh, Gibbs, but I hate uh, that he got selected at 12th overall. That's absolutely
1: absurd. That felt so nuts to me too. And it was literally, it was, it was kind of like one of those uh, fantasy drafts where it's like, I'm going to get my guy and, and you're like, that's fine. But you don't have to get that guy at 12. You
2: could have waited to the second round,
1: maybe even like, Oh my goodness.
2: Yeah. So like, I, I love the pick. I hate, right, I love the player. I hate the pick. So it's, it's very disappointing for me. Like, it, and it stresses me out, but at least like a lot of the picks have panned out Dean Campbell's era might be a little bit different. You know, we got to see what happens there because obviously this is only second year in the league, but we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah.
1: And then we got Matthew Wiggins in the chat who's been in here all, it's since the beginning actually. And I love that you're here, Matthew. This is great. I'm glad you're able to tune in. I did crack a new truly. I had to, it was, it was that time. And he's saying he's getting a beer that crack made me thirsty. I totally get it. I also, I love this. We got Jesse shot who is in here tonight from drafting live in Buffalo right now. in Scott fishbowl He is uh, not on the clock. We will talk about his draft maybe a little bit here and there, but. He is at the uh he's the third pick in the Buffalo draft for the uh
2: Wait, they already Inchler kicked it
1: off? Yeah, tonight was the first two drafts for Buffalo. So Buffalo is live drafting right now and they've got two drafts going. Uh again, Jesse who is in our Dynasty Junkies 2 league, uh big fan of the show. Appreciate that, Jesse. Hope hopefully you're able to pay attention to the draft and our show and maybe listen later. But yeah, he's saying he's busted. Drafting SFB live is brutal. I think it's brutal but in a fun way. So I love that you put that in there. Ah, uh, Corey. Of course, saying I wish I was drafting live. You know, that's I, I kind of agree. I will be drafting live on Sunday out of the uh, Cincinnati division. Uh, Chase, what Scott Fishbowl draft are you in? What league are you in? Just before we get into these running backs,
2: I'm in the Roscoe Chicken Waffles, baby. Mm. I'm in the LA Bowl. Uh, we're great choice. We're doing the draft for uh, Trophy Smack live. So I actually just got my confirmation flight. I'll be flying out to LA not tomorrow, but the next Friday. I'll be Phenomenal. doing live draft there, so we got four live drafts, maybe five now. Yeah, uh, and I'm doing the Roscoe Chicken Waffles.
1: That's so good. I love that. I, they're dude. They're not. They're no joke either. Like that Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles is so good. I've had. It. Actually,
2: I've never had it. I just saw Chicken and Waffles, and I love Chicken and Waffles, so I selected that division. Um, but I, mean, I already knew I was going to draft live there. I just didn't know which division I would go in. In and out, okay. You know, yeah. it's okay. Like the other ones, I, I've never had. So.
1: Well, again, just on the East Coast,
2: just for for the again, as
1: a Washington fan, I I kind of figured on the East Coast somewhere, of course. And then going out to LA, that's a big move. Obviously, Trophy Smack, I think, is hosting that
2: too, right? Like, that's a whole yeah, that's headquarters. We got a whole game room, we got a bowling alley upstairs. Oh my God, that
1: I'm so jealous. I've seen some of that, but I will say this uh, hats off to John Bosch here in Cincinnati. He's putting on a hell of an event. Uh, We're doing a big raffle. You know, the more you donate, the more tickets you get. And we've got, I think, up to now, up to $10,000 worth of value in the raffle which is just bonkers to me. Like that's just so crazy that we've had that much donated. So I'm very excited for Sunday. I know there's a lot of good people. I won't name them here but because I'm afraid I'm going to miss people. But it's going to be a lot of fun at Streetside Brewery on Sunday. If you're in the Cincinnati area or even in the Midwest and are curious what to do on a Sunday, come hang out. Even if you're not drafting live, it's going to be a great time. But I think this is great, too. I wanted to post this, too, before we get into it. Jason, Jason Real posting here in the chat, join the dark side and become a Steelers fan. Start in the ground floor of the new generation. I guess, I, what do you think about the Steelers? Are, are they an option for you? I know that they've got some some upside. they
2: got some young talent. What do you think about them as a team? I will never be a fan of a team that has a mediocre quarterback ever again. I've went through the pain too often as a Commanders fan, you know, or as a Redskins fan. I, then we are. I will never go through the pain of having a mediocre quarterback ever again, which is why I'm not all in on the lines. Like, I mean, I yeah. love Jared Goff. I actually think that he's a very good quarterback. Uh, But I will not be all in on the Lions up until I see them upgrade their quarterback situation. I could become a fan of that team, but I'm not going to be all in.
1: Well, I'm kind of wondering, though. I mean, Goff was somebody I was big on last year. I drafted him in Scott Fishbowl, even. uh, Scott Fishbowl 12, which I'm wearing this shirt tonight. Um, I like Goff a lot. I think he's actually got some potential in redraft leagues. But in Dynasty, he makes me a little nervous because, yeah, I think the leash is short. And you're right. He is mediocre. He's a great QB, too. But I don't want to rely on him as an NFL QB or a fantasy QB if I don't have to. So I'm, I'm with you.
2: Yeah, it's more of an NFL quarterback, but they're yeah. handling them right. We just have to see him put together two consecutive years, and I'll be cool with it. But I, I would like to see them, you know, draft uh, a quarterback this past year, potentially go after multiple first-round picks for next year, so they could make a move for Caleb Williams or Drake
1: Oh, that'd be nice. I know there's some mock drafts that are already coming out, and they're already kind of calling the Cardinals tanking and they've got the Houston pick of course, because of that trade this year, which was again, bonkers in a different way. So there's a lot of, you know, maybe Kyler is not the answer and all this and we'll see There's It's so far ahead, but I really do like the lions. i like what Dane Campbell's doing. So if that's the team you choose, you know, I don't blame you. I might, my, again, I've talked about this on the show before my, my wife is a Detroit uh, native and her family is Detroit fans And so I always talk about Detroit and uh, I love what they're doing. I think Dan Campbell's got that team on the right track. I just hope they let him keep going. I'm always worried when it comes to like a good coach like that, where, you know, they don't get the immediate results and they just kick him to the curb way too soon. Like, I just really hope that they get there. And I actually have, Money in a sense on them winning the Super Bowl. I put five bucks down, right? It was like not all my money, but I I got money on the the Lions winning the Super Bowl because I got money on the Lions. I got five bucks,
2: maybe five bucks. It counts. (laughs) It counts. I found it on the side of the road and then
1: I decided to put one one unit, right? It's one unit. That's all I'm saying. It's one unit. But with that said, with that said, we got to pivot into the talk of the night. We're going to be talking about AFC running backs tonight. Now, there are a ton of great running backs, especially in Dynasty, especially in the AFC. So I'm going to go through these in kind of batches, like we usually do, and just kind of see where we find tier breaks and, and where we feel about these guys. Um, the first two I'm going to talk about are, are kind of in my in my mind anyway, are kind of in that top tier of like stud running backs that you're not going to find everywhere. Running back two, Jonathan Taylor, and running back four, Brees Hall. Now these are according to June ADP. July is still being collected. I didn't want to jump on that too early. I know some of that stuff's coming out, but we don't have all of that ADP. So. DLF June 2023 ADP. We've got Jonathan Taylor, RB two, Brees Hall, RB4. Either of these guys a concern for you? Do you have question marks about these guys or are these studs and we're we're kind of okay to move on? I mean, I don't have any questions about either one, but what do you think?
2: If I have Brees Hall, I'm definitely acquiring uh Izzy, right? Yeah. I'm grabbing Izzy? Ibedicanda. Israel Abedaconda, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love him. Uh I think that he's a great running back. I was really disappointed to see him land with the Jets. But if I have Brees Hall, I need to make sure I handcuff him with Izzy uh you know that's a guy who can still lead a backfield i believe he went in the six rounds so obviously the nfl sees something they don't like in him uh michael carter might even eat into his work a little bit but i still want izzy on my roster just in case Brees hall doesn't get off to the jump that we think he's going to get off to long term i think Brees hall will be fine short term for 2023 uh i want some insurance
1: yeah i think Brees is a terrific terrific running back for a win now team i think that he's going to come back from this acl he's got a chip in his shoulder and we saw how well he ran last year he dominated he was amazing on the field and that acl crushed me i hated that and it was just like man you know injuries happen you can't really predict them and all this that and the other but he's gonna recover i don't think that the acls are 12 months like they used to be And Brees Hall's young. He's coming off this injury. But I think he hits the ground literally running this year. And I think he's going to be a stud. So Jonathan Taylor at RB2, I think, makes total sense. Brees Hall at RB4 makes total sense. So I'm not really worried about either of those. This next group, though, is where I have a lot of question marks. And there's a big streak that I think makes sense to talk about him in one big group. It's like a tier. We've got Austin Eckler at RB7. Again, this is Dynasty ADP. Austin Eckler, RB7. Travis Etienne, RB8. Nick Chubb, RB9. Josh Jacobs, RB10, and Najee Harris at RB11 to kind of round out that top 12, in a sense, running backs. A lot of AFC running backs kind of clouding that back end of the 12, um, for RB1's sake anyway. Which of these worries you the most? Maybe let's start there. Eckler, Etienne, Chubb, Jacobs, and Harris. Which of them like worries you the most
2: or makes you the most nervous as a dynasty manager? Can I can I just pick a group of them and, and say don't <laughs> draft any of these guys in the dynasty because yeah. it doesn't really make any sense? I mean... It's it's kind of bizarre to watch some of these players like fall where they're at. And real quick, just about Bryce Hall before I oh Bryce go Hall, ahead yeah. excuse me Bryce Hall before we move on too quickly. I don't want to uh, jack up the time, but he was first in yards per touch, six point nine yards first in juke rate at fifty point five percent, and second breakaway run rate. Uh, you know I think he's gonna be fine when he does come back. I just I'm worried about the workload. But over to these guys. Y'all go check out my Twitter, at FF underscore intervention. I have the pinned tweet. Oh, wait. Oh, I took that pin tweet off. That's I right, need You to just find another one. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I just pinned the other one. Um, I talked about how Nick Chubb is not a good draft pick, not a good hmm. buy candidate. He's actually terrible. Uh, with Jacob Brissett. he was much more efficient. Uh, he was much more productive. And when you look at the history of Sean Watson, Sean Watson just does not favor running backs. And we saw it with like Arian Foster. We saw it with with multiple different running backs he's worked with over the years. Sean Watson just doesn't like tight ends. He doesn't like running backs. He throws to his wide receivers. And if they can't get it, he's going to take it off and run with the ball. I mean, we saw a significant decrease this past year in red zone opportunities, in uh, goal line carries, in every metric that you care about for Nick Chubb. It was a complete fall off the map uh for for him once Deshaun Watson came on the field in comparison to Kobe Brissett, and I talked about it prior to the season I said I want Nick Chubb and then I want to trade him before the deadline hits if you have a deadline in your dynasty leagues, no matter what it is I want to try and trade him by like week eight a few weeks ahead of Deshaun Watson coming back because some people are going to be hyped and they're going to think oh he's going to score so many more touchdowns but when you look at the metrics of what Sean Watson does and how he treats his running backs the running backs are the redheaded stepchild of this offense He'll still get the ball to so his tight end in, in the red zone from time to time, right? It's very unpredictable, which sucks for fantasy. In terms of running back, he literally throws them to the curb. He kicks them to the curb, you know, sit, sits there, gives them a, a, a very thin sheet to put over their head while it's down rain, and then just pulls off, and then he does another lap around the block, and then he splashes them in the puddle that they're sitting next to because he hates the running backs. It is so bizarre. But Not only that, we're seeing them completely transition to offense, right? mean, they went out, they traded for Elijah Moore. They're they're adding assets. We we heard rumblings about them bringing in Sean or uh, Hopkins, right? Hmm. There is so much smoke around this. When there's smoke, they're fired. Sure, we could say Kareem Hunt from in there. Oh my God, he's going to be the lone back. But he was pretty much the lone back last year. And regardless of how that resulted in overall, you know, standings, like he didn't do shit when it came to the fantasy points per game once Deshaun Watson was back. So for me, I'm completely out on Nick Chubb. You couldn't sell me – I wouldn't buy Nick Chubb for a, for an early second-round pick. Maybe a late. Maybe hmm. a third-round pick I might take. Him. But no, I want that's nothing. that's not going to happen. No one's going to give that – like no one's going to give
1: up Chubb for no. a third. Let's be clear. No, like, it's, it's not. not no, that's happen. why I said I'm,
2: I have zero shares of Nick Chubb. I, I like Nick Chubb at the beginning of last year. I think I had about probably about a 10 to 15% – uh share of nick chubb across my leagues and i traded him by halfway through the season i'm so happy that i did because i got first round picks for 2023 and 2024 and i will take them all day do not buy into nick chubb do not buy into the hype it's not going to pan out for you just look at the history it's very easy to see it's 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 obvious that he's not going to be an asset for your fantasy teams moving forward at the value that he's going at right now Uh, in terms of josh jacobs i'll take him For now, well, hang on one second, hang on. I I
1: want to counter a little bit on this Nick Chubb, and I want to play exactly into what you said. Well, Kareem Hunt's not there, like you just said, like he old Kareem Hunt listen, Kareem Hunt got forty-four targets in 17 games. That's a lot of targets, and I don't think that goes to Jerome Ford. And I do believe that some of that in my mind, and again, this is speculation season, a lot of that in my mind was them just kind of playing into what they knew. And when Deshaun Watson took over, he hadn't played enough with Nick Chubb. And I think they're gonna have to establish the run. So I'm not entirely out on Nick Chubb, but at RB9, I feel like he's got RB5 kind of upside. I feel like there's some whoa, whoa, whoa. on the bone in a sense.
2: Wait, wait, wait. So, first off, 44 targets for the running back uh, was in 17 games, was like 20th in the league, right? I'm looking at it right now. I mean, sure. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was right there with A.J. Dillon. Sure, but Chubb
1: only got thirty-seven targets. Like, I, I just feel like a lot of those targets are going to have to go to some running back, and I don't think they're going to put Jerome on the field. I just what? don't think that's going to happen.
2: You think they're going to run Nick Chubb for for ninety percent
1: snap share? Yeah, I do. I think no. that's what they're going to do because I think they're going to run him into the ground. They got nobody else behind him, and I don't think they're going to go for anybody like a, a Ezekiel Elliott or Leonard Fournette at this point. They're just going to use Nick Chubb this year and be done with it. So, my, I mean, I'm not arguing with you entirely. I just feel like. Nick Chubb at RB9 is a pretty good value in Dynasty. I'm also agreeing with you in a sense like now might be the perfect time to sell Nick Chubb if you don't believe that this is going to keep happening. But the the opportunity share has to go up. In my mind, Kareem Hunt was a viable option. He played all 17 games. He was there every game, and they were definitely not afraid to play with him. Your your point is exactly right, though. When Deshaun Watson took over, Chubb was less important. I agree with you. But I think with the way this offseason is going, with the way that these running backs are just being kicked to the free agency market, I don't see the Browns signing any of them because it just doesn't match what they're trying to do. And I think there's a very good chance that Chubb is the guy this year as a, as a very rare stud in fantasy. Now, again, I'm not entirely saying go buy Nick Chubb, right? It's always about the cost. But at RB9, I don't mind that price. And again, if Jacobs is RB10, I would rather have Jacobs than Chubb. I, I think I'm going to agree with where you're going here. But my point is that Chubb is not a scrub, right? To paraphrase that. Like, I don't think Chubb is going to die. I think he's going to be a fine option. If you have him on your roster and you can pivot to a Jacobs and a second for Chubb every day in the week, right? Like that seems like a great idea, but you're not going to, no one in their right mind is going to sell you Nick Chubb for a second alone. I just don't think that's going to happen. I'm just being honest.
2: No, no. no. And, and honestly, I, that's why I said, like, I, I would try to just, like I would take a early second round pick if somebody offered that to me and I had Chubb, but I mean, he just wasn't like cream hunt, wasn't utilized inside the five. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the numbers You know, Chubb had a significant snap share once uh, Deshaun Watson came back. He went from right around a forty-five-ish percent snap share down to probably about a thirty percent snap share once Deshaun Watson came back. He was only seeing maybe two to three targets per game, right? So adding on two to three, but but all right. So Nick Chubb's not going to get two to three targets per game additional to what he already had. Why not? Because do well, so the, they have
1: out of the running back position. Like honestly, like Jerome I understand Ford. your point, but I don't I don't think Jerome Ford is that scary to me though. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just not that worried about Ford as I was about Hunt.
2: That's fine, but you're not gonna see Nick Chubb get six targets a game. Like that's not the, the type of player he is, that's not how they want to run their offense. That's not why they traded for Elijah Elijah Moore. Like, that's not going to be the, the case. Like, if we see Nick Chubb get six targets a game that would be absolutely through the roof, like nuts, right? He's never seen that target share in his life from quarterbacks that aren't mobile quarterbacks, right? Typically those are designed passes like screens and whatnot left for Kareem Hunt. He didn't get a lot of dump offs. He had designed plays for him. uh, And and when it comes to the opportunities that he gets, right, they weren't really high value opportunities. He was getting maybe like 0.5 red zone touches or attempts targets per game, right? That's not enough to, to sway a player's value that much more, especially when we saw that regression in terms of his efficiency and his volume. Let me see uh, if I can pull up real quick uh, my my tweet that I had.
1: Well, while you do this, I, again, I'm not trying to like champion Nick Chubb to be like an RB1. I, I just feel like in this day and age, in this dynasty format that we're playing, the, the running back ones are kind of, hard to really predict right like running back is just such a a brutal position right now especially for dynasty because there's a lot of players that are getting older like eckler and you know you could even get we'll get into these late guys later but i feel like chubb is one of those guys that i'm not necessarily trying to acquire but i'm not going to sell them on the cheap i kind of would rather wait until week two and we see what we really get and i honestly believe like if you can do a trade where it's like chubb for one of these other guys we're going to get into plus a pick i feel like that's a move i would much more be you know a fan of doing i guess instead of selling chubb low now i feel like you can still get some value out and the name value alone is worth
2: more than an early second to most dynasty players in my book all right so i found the tweet with percent nick chubb had 23 points per game with the 53.7 percent snap rate and 1.1 touchdowns per game with watson 15.25 points per game with a 61.3% snap rate and 0.2 touchdowns per game. So not only did he regress almost a full touchdown per game, he also saw an increase in snaps about 8% uh, for the snap rate and then saw eight points less per game with Watson than what he saw with, uh, with Jacoby Brissett. So, with Brissett, the Browns saw 9.6 red zone attempts per game compared to 7.8% with Watson. So that was also tilted almost two full red zone attempts per game in favor of Brissett, which was pretty much due to the fact that Watson was inefficient in the red zone when attempting passes. He only had a 39.3% completion rate. However, With Brissett, Chubb was much more involved. He saw a 28.3% red zone opportunity share compared to just 17 with Watson. This actually falls in line with Watson's historic level of opportunity shares. He typically runs the ball on 19.2% of the plays that were rushing opportunities throughout his entire career. So he's running the ball one-fifth of the time inside the red zone. He only targeted running back on 14.1% of the times that the teps were inside the red zone it's just like no matter how we look at it he does not feature running backs no matter how much we want to believe it no matter how much we think that he can return this value no matter what the efficiency we think could happen it's just not their form inside the five it jumped up to 28.6 percent of the time that a a rusher touched the ball it was sean watson like He's touching the ball 28.6% of the time inside of the five-yard line. That, that's absolutely absurd. So no matter how bad we want to give it to Nick Chubb, no matter how bad we want to believe this if this offense will be more efficient, it's just not going to be there for him. And to take him as the you know RB9 overall, I think it's just a little bit absurd.
1: That's fair. That's entirely fair. And I know we were kind of pivoting already into Josh Jacobs, and I want to get into that conversation too because I think Jacobs is in line for a huge uptick. I think that offense is really going to lean on Jacobs more with Garoppolo in my, my personal opinion. I know you were yep. kind of already getting into some Jacobs love. I would much rather have Jacobs over Chubb straight up. I'd even rather have Harris over Chubb straight up. What I'm saying is Chubb is not a scrub, and that's kind of where my 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 opinion, I guess, or my, my defense of Chubb ends. I'm not saying he's terrible, but I just feel like, man, I, I like Chubb a lot as an RB2. I don't know if I like him as an RB1. And I'm saying if you can get him for cheap, like if you can get somebody who's on your same page is like, hey, I'll, you know, if most rookie drafts have already happened, so you're selling him for a 24 second and hoping it's an early second, I'd much rather have Chubb than an early 24 second every day of the week. No matter what you think of him, I think he's still got a lot of points on the board this week. But what do you think about Josh Jacobs? And and kind of where do you think he goes as a a player? I think a lot of people are high on him. Are you high on him too?
2: I mean, after what, leading the league in rushing last year, didn't he? I mean, how can you not be? He saw 44 targets, I think. Um, last season as well or, or was it was it 45 i can't remember he saw a decent amount of targets uh, you know he should belong ahead of chubb he absolutely belongs ahead of Najee harris uh in, in dynasty leagues it's not like i love the guy it's not like i'm like oh my god i gotta have josh jacobs but if the right price is there i'll take him on my roster any day on a team that, that needs to win now uh
1: well, i just want to jump in real quick too and say like the, the guy that i wanted to bring up in this tier was really austin eckler you know, like as much as I like Josh Jacobs, I'd probably rather have Jacobs than Eckler maybe straight wow. up for this season, right? I think Eckler's got some question marks around him. That offense is going to be changing. I think he's getting older, right? So there's maybe if you can trade Eckler for Jacobs in a second, like that's the kind of move I'm looking to make, right? Are, are you down on Eckler this year? Are you higher thinking his RB7 value is maybe a steal
2: for running backs in Dynasty right now? Well, he's RB1 last season, right? So yeah. I, I think that that carries a stigma. I think you can get a lot more. austin eckler in a multi-year contract by the way than you could for josh jacobs on a one-year contract so you know like the dynasty community perceives him much higher than they do josh jacobs so if you're talking about josh jacobs in a second i'd take austin eckler over josh jacobs in a second um i think you could probably get josh jacobs in a first based off of the community perspective of where josh jacob lies because what we're seeing now is the tier the tier gaps right so yeah. Austin Eckler still remains, I think, in the tier one. Although he's back to back with Travis Etienne, I still think he's in the tier one, tier two, maybe for running backs. Right. The difference here is the fact of the tier three running backs. Like when we start talking about Travis Etienne, we start talking about Nick Chubb. There's they're going an average for like each echelon of these tiers that we discuss. Yeah, they're going on an average of a round later than what they did last year. Right, and the biggest gap is actually the tier three running backs are going about a round and a half to two rounds earlier than what they did last year for the tier three guys. Uh, for the most part, it's kind of a little bit absurd, but like everybody's hopping on this wide receiver, the zero RB builds, or yep, these, yep. you know here RB builds. That, yep. And, and so we're seeing these running backs fall so much further down than what we've seen in previous years. Remember the dead zone, right? It was rounds oh. what three through six or four three through, through six, six, whatever. Yep. Cents, everybody hated right? running backs there yeah that's where all the running backs are going now there's not Bingo. any running backs going in that in in the first couple of rounds you see Jonathan Taylor coming off the board in the second round um Eckler's going off the board in like the the third second, round third yeah. yeah yeah uh Brees Hall's second or third and then you just see this gap right where it's like the fourth round fifth round is just loaded and it goes all the way through the ninth round because that's where everybody's putting these running backs right because they're grabbing their quarterbacks they're grabbing their wide receivers especially the Superflex. yep 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 i agree it's nuts to see how far these guys are, are falling in terms of not their their rankings for positional values but their rankings for overall values so you know they're going too cheap i honestly like i wouldn't say that any one of these guys don't belong in here but if if there are some guys that should belong in this section right that should put their way into this adp Ramondre stevenson belongs ahead of Najee harris belongs ahead of josh jacobs and belongs ahead of nick chubb in my opinion uh jk dobbins should probably be ahead of Javonta williams well, here, so no. let, let's get into that tier. Right? This is actually a perfect segue. So the next tier of
1: running backs, in a sense, in terms of uh, dynasty ADP, we've got running back fourteen, Ramondre Stevenson, fifteen, Javante Williams, sixteen, J.K. Dobbins, seventeen, Derrick Henry. So these guys are all bunched together in ADP, a little bit lower even than the guys we just talked about. But I mean, again, Stevenson, I think has a lot of upside, especially in dynasty. They just got rid of James Robinson on the Patriots, right? So like. They are obviously not too worried about Stevenson. They traded away Damian, or traded away, uh, Damian Harris left. So, like Whether they cut him or not, I don't remember right now. But point is, Stevenson, I think, is going to be a stud. Javante Williams coming off an injury. J.K. Dobbins, who, again, I'm with you, is going to be pretty good. And Derrick Henry is still a stud. These are the running backs I'm targeting more than anything. This is the price that I would like to pay, too. I would much rather pay the uh, Derrick Henry entry fee. RB 17 for Derrick Henry. You're like that. That's just that's right in my wheelhouse. So you were talking about Dobbins and and kind of Williams, I guess. But like, what do you think about these guys in this tier? Should they be a tier up even
2: in your mind? I'm concerned about Derrick Henry. And this is probably the first time i voiced it. I've never been a Derrick Henry guy, so I haven't had to voice it. I've never had to defend Derrick Henry because I've never gotten this back. Um, But I'm concerned that Derrick Henry could end up going through the same thing that we saw Todd Gurley go through, Mm. where he just took so many hits over such a short amount of time. That we see his you know body pretty much failing him essentially. So although Derek Henry's a physical freak, so is Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley was a physical freak, he was an athletic freak, and we just saw his body just fall off a cliff and he couldn't carry the ballboard 15 times a game because if he did, he wouldn't be playing that next week. He would have to take a couple yeah. weeks off. So for me, Derek Henry's not somebody that I want to try and acquire. Uh, I, I have in a few best ball leagues, but honestly, I was kind of forced into picking him because he fell to me, you know, so I wanted to value. Uh, in terms of dynasty, I want nothing to do with them because you're not going to be able to get anything for them in a year from now. Like You're I want, entirely right, yep. I want assets that increase in value, right? I'd rather have a second-round draft pick or a late first-round draft pick that will increase in value from this year to next year. Derrick Henry well, so, going to disappear. He's going to turn to dust after this year. I
1: know that's always the concern with running backs, and that's what makes this show so interesting to me and, and kind of talking about these running backs in general because, like, in theory, that could happen to any running back. We, we saw it happen to Gurley real quick, right? Where Gurley was like a stud running back in the top five dynasty running backs. And then the next year was like 30 or something crazy, like fell off a cliff. We see it all the time. And Gurley's the most recent example, but we saw it happen with a bunch of different running backs over the past five or 10 years. And I think Derrick Henry is a prime case for like you just said, like getting the value running back 17. I don't mind that at all for Derrick Henry. I don't mind getting him at all as, as the RB two or RB three, even, you know, flex option on my team. I don't want to rely on him. My God, no. But running backs are also the most easily replaceable in rookie drafts. So for me, it's like I don't mind if he falls off a cliff as much because I'm usually drafting a running back with my first-round pick if I still have it anyway. And so I think I'm, I'm kind of with you on a lot of this, and I feel like of these guys, Stevenson at 14, Williams at 15, Dobbins at 16, and Henry at 17, I think the only one that I would call ascending at this point is Stevenson, and maybe Dobbins if you want to get back on that train, maybe Williams if you think his injury isn't a thing, but definitely not Derrick Henry. I agree with you. And I think, again, Trading for a running back on the ascending clip is tough to do because you kind of have to get a little lucky. And again, if we're looking for points, if you're contending, if you're win now, I don't mind at all going to acquire Derrick Henry for a second or third round pick. You might actually be able to get a third for Derrick Henry because somebody out there who owns Derrick Henry, who manages Derrick Henry, let's say, might be willing to just get out of it and be done with it, right? You might be able to get him as a throw into a trade. And that's what I love about that guy because the value is so great. Like you just said it, like the value falling to you at RB17 and Dynasty Startups, I got to be honest, Derek Henry could dominate this year and win you a title. At this point, I don't care. Just give me the title. Like, I, I love playing for two or three years out, but with running backs, you really can't anymore. Running backs are so hard to predict two to three years out. I'm willing to take the points and just see how it goes. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, that makes sense. It definitely makes sense. Uh, you know, Todd Gulley had three years of 350 or 325 touches, and then he fell off a cliff with his, you know, arthritis in his knee. I think it was arthritis, right? So Derek Henry is not dealing with the same issues. He had three big years, had the one down year, and he came back last year and played pretty damn well. I think he had, like, 350 touches, 375 touches, something like that. So, you know, like, I I don't hate that as much, but, you know, if you're building a win-now team, it's so much more difficult because Dynasty, people weren't as informed. Right, We didn't have all this information out there that told you, hey, don't go pursue this player. Don't go pursue that player. Don't trade for a wide receiver that's hitting the age of 27. Don't trade for a running back that's about to turn 26. You know, like the AJ Pack. Pe- and so Dynasty players are so much more informed now than what they yes. were years ago that it's tough to flip these players for anything. So rebuilds, like I used to be able to rebuild a team in, in a year and a half, two years. Yeah. Right? Like I used to be able to trade you know a 28 year old or a Julio Jones for example I got a first round pick for Julio Jones when he was 30 years old right like over the past couple years you can't do that anymore like you can't go get a a first round pick for a 30 year old wide receiver you can't go get a first round pick for a 26 year old running back like you used to be able to so rebuilds are so much more difficult also in addition to that wide receivers now are performing at a younger age you know you've seen Justin Jefferson Jamar Chase Christian Watson like oh, you see. these Waddle guys and come Smith in Smith and like all, yeah. everybody just coming yeah. in early yeah yeah I agree So there, it's first round picks have become so much more difficult to acquire in pre in in this past like what one to two years than they were three or four years ago so I mean it's just tougher to rebuild so typically I like to try and avoid those guys even if it was trading winning this one year you know and getting the points like yeah it's going to take you three to four years to rebuild though depending on the league that you're in well,
1: it, 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 uh, yeah, it always depends on the league. It, it depends on what you can trade for. And every every league is its own market. And that always makes it tricky, too. If you've got to, you know, let's say you've got three teams in your league that are all contending, but they've all got two or three running backs. None of them are going to want to take on a Derrick Henry or a J.K. Dobbins. Like They're just not going to want to bother. Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, and that's always kind of the fun part of this, too. And that actually brings us to this next tier that I want to get into, which I'm kind of lumping these guys together. There there's big gaps between them, but it's just for the sake of conversation. We got Joe Mixon at running back 20, Damian Pierce at 23, Isaiah Pacheco at 27. I mean, of these three guys, I I, I get why they're where they are, because they all have question marks, especially after this season. All three of these guys are almost like one year rentals, right? Mixon. I don't know if Mixon stays with the Bengals beyond this year at all. Uh, Damian Pierce had a great year last year, but that Houston team is in a rebuild of its own they could easily kick him to the curb after this season or even during the season if somebody's trying to, you know, do something. And then Isaiah Pacheco again, flashed really well, but that Chiefs office doesn't really lean on the running back position. So these are three guys that I think Derrick Henry might be considered more in this tier just because of the numbers of things. But Mixon, Pierce, and Pacheco at 20, 23, and 27. I mean, are you acquiring any of these guys, or are you just kind of out at this range?
2: No, I made a trade offer for Damian Pierce the other day. Uh, On a team that needs a running back, my RB2 is uh, Devin Chain, who I love but I need a guy just in case they don't put him into the lineup right away and they let him work his way in. So I need a guy that was going to start with the year hot. Uh, so I tried to offer Juju Smith-Schuster and Joshua Downs, if that just goes mm. to show you how much I value Damian Pierce. Um, I think Joe Mixon belongs ahead of Derrick Henry just because of the offenses that they're in. Yep. You know, Joe Mixon doesn't have to do as much work to get into the end zone as Derrick Henry will have to do to get there. Meanwhile, that offense is very high scoring. I don't know if you guys can see my puppy in the background. Oh, mine's sleeping down here. You can't really see her, but yeah, (laughs) this is a very pup-friendly show. We're good. (laughs) Um. So no, I'm not trying to really acquire any of these guys, but if somebody's trying to dump them, you know, they got spooked by Singletary signing, or you know, whatever it is, I'll I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll make a cheap offer. But like, let's just say they asked me to offer in a second round pick for uh for Pierce in addition to Judas Beschuster and Joshua Downs I'd I'd say no I'd say I'd yeah. probably probably didn't give you a second round pick for Damian Pierce to be honest uh, his shelf life just seems like it's gonna be too short
1: well Downs is a second round pick as himself right so like you're kind of already offering a second round pick it's just a guy that's already on a team I love that too about draft picks and, and this is maybe a good segue into that discussion in a sense where like we're, we're talking about this like pick value and every league being different and obviously superflex versus one QB is different and all of this. Yeah, yeah. But second round picks are, are kind of lottery tickets, in my opinion. And I have no problem at all trading away a second round pick for somebody who's going to put up points, especially if I feel like I want the points. But if I don't want points, I'm totally fine getting a second round pick and acquiring that asset to, that will, uh, you know, like you said before, accrue value right damian pierce is almost <coughs> unlikely i would i wouldn't say impossible but very unlikely to accrue value from rb23 in june 2023 adp i just don't see that getting higher even if he does well right even if if something goes exactly right if everything all the stars align He's what RB 16 at best. I just don't see him being like a stud RB. And then next year he might not even be on the team and might be somebody that we're, you know, trying to trade away for a third or a fourth during the draft. Right. So I, I, you know, I'm with you entirely on this. And I think I agree with you too, on Mixon being ahead of Henry, I'd much rather have Mixon. That offense is a lot more higher powered offense in in the Bengals. Obviously I'm a Bengals fan. Everybody can see this. Everybody knows this. Um, But I think Mixon's kind of going under the radar a little bit because there was a lot of question marks about whether he's going to be re-signed and are they going to trade or are they going to trade for someone else, yada, yada. There's Wasn't also he in trouble too, though? As I said, there's also some fear about him being suspended because there are some off-the-field issues. I don't think that happens, though, from what I've heard and what I've read and things like that. I don't think that there is going to be anything, at least for the 2023 season, that causes him to miss time. We never know, right? The NFL is its own little weird whatever. And Alvin Kamara, who's an NFC running back we're not talking about, but Alvin Kamara dropped precipitously after that that off-the-field issue he had. So there's a lot of that fear that he just won't play. I think Mixon plays all year. Without Samadji Piran, I think they're going to have to lean on him a lot. So I'm with you entirely on that Mixon over Henry take. But Pierce and Pacheco are both guys that I'm just kind of like, if I can get them as a throw in, sure, but I'm not going to acquire them myself. I'm not really like trying to add those guys to my team because I just don't think either one of them have a long shelf life and a lot of value left to accrue. I feel like this might be their max. And this kind of brings us to the next tier that I want to talk about, which is a smaller tier as well. But uh, RB30, James Cook, and 31 Devin chain who you mentioned before, I think both of these guys have more of an upside in my book. These are both potentially rising assets in theory. Uh, they both are very young running backs on teams that are going to run the ball. I know Buffalo likes to run the ball with Josh Allen a lot. And they've, they've acquired, was it Latavius Murray? And they got Damian Harris. Like, they got some other guys that are crowding that backfield. But James Cook could be a guy. And then Devin A. Chain, as soon as, as Devin, Alvin Cook signs there, a chain's value might tank. But if he doesn't sign there, a chain might be a stud. And at RB31, you could get a startable RB2 for very little, very low price. And so Cook and A-Chain are both, in my opinion, anyway, guys that could have a higher upside from Mixon, Pierce, and Pacheco, who are in that kind of, quote-unquote, tier ahead of them, according to ADP. So what do you think about Cook and A-Chain? I know you like A-Chain, but what do you think about those two guys here?
2: So Cook means nothing to me.
1: Uh, you, you talk about <laughs> Cook and I, I get flaccid. Um, how family-friendly is the show? Didn't see that coming. You're fine. No, you're fine.
2: We're not uh, family-friendly. You can be unfriendly okay, to cool. family. You almost spit out your baby when I said flaccid. I was very so. close. I did not see that coming. <laughs> Uh, I'm just not interested in in James Cook. I just, I get it. Backfield's too crowded. They don't care about the running backs. They'll let them go, you know, draft another one in the third round. They're more about the efficiency of the offense. You know, they don't care which running back is carrying the ball five yards. There will be a running back doing it because they're too concerned about Josh Allen and the rest of this offense. Devin and chain though. Devin and chain is sexy as fuck. I, I, I love Devin and chain. I, I, literally talked about it throughout the entire draft process aside like, if he lands with miami if he lands with miami if he lands with miami i put a hundred dollar bet down on miami and ended up winning like 900 bucks uh, or maybe it was 1200 i think it was 1200 uh, i was like nice. he's, gonna he's gonna land with miami he's gonna land with miami he's gonna land with miami this is it this is devin a chain season like i love 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 devin a chain in this offense I mean, we talk about speed, right? So I, I'm just going to try and draw something out. If you're listening to the podcast, I'm sorry because you don't get to see my hand movements. And if you're listening <laughs> on YouTube or watching on YouTube, I'm sorry because my hand movements will make no sense to you whatsoever. So you really aren't missing out on anything if you're listening to the podcast. But I'm gonna, I'm just going to draw something out. You have Jalen Waddle on one side, elite level speed, right? You yep. have Tyree Kill on the other side, elite level speed. You're going to end up having in, you know, your Duren Smythe is going to be a, a, another blocker. Right, then you're gonna have Cedric Wilson or you're gonna have Braxton barrios to play the slot. So you're gonna have these two guys on each side, they're gonna run really fast, like super fast, right? Yeah. Up the sidelines, right? And they're gonna run their their 15-yard routes, which take time. So you're gonna have are you gonna leave if you're the Bills, you're gonna leave your cornerback one-on-one with Tyre Kill running out. I'd through? rather
1: not. No, I, I'm yeah. definitely gonna be doubling
2: them whenever I have a chance. Yeah, pulling what, what about, safety coverage over. Yeah. What about Jalen Waddle? You're gonna exactly. leave him one-on-one. No, nope. No, no, that's not gonna happen. So you're gonna have four defenders, right? They're gonna be they're not gonna be able to stack the box. You're gonna have four defenders that are gonna be pretty much guarding the outsides with, with those two wide receivers. Meanwhile, you're gonna have a linebacker or a safety or a nickel, maybe a nickel back, right? On Cedric Wilson, Brax That's gonna pull it up. So you're gonna have essentially your your four defensive linemen or your three defensive linemen and then three linebackers or two linebackers up against six blockers, right? And then you have A-Chain, who's going to have 20 yards of space between him and the defenders that they double covered over there for Waddle and Tyree Hill. And A-Chain's just going to be running these 20-yard burst through the scene type runs. He's J.K. Dobbins, I think his rookie year, he ended up averaging like 7.3 yards per carry. Right? It was it was something absurd. That's going to be A-Chain this year. He's going to average 7.3. He might not carry the ball a whole time. But he will get it. And you know what's going to be even sexier is he can catch the ball out of the backfield. So if they decide to to run him out, right, and they decide to do an actual passing concept, and both those guys are double-covered, you're going to get dump-offs to A-chain. This dude has elite-level speed. This is a track – this is a speed specimen. This is a track star. He's going to get it. He's going to get 10 yards upfield on every single reception that he sees, especially on screenplays, right? So we're going to see just a massive, massive – burst right in certain games the issue is, is what games can you play them in and you're going to go off to check out the dose score the dump off containment efficiency score it's d-o-c-e Ooh. to know which games to play them, in, right because that's going to judge which teams are terrible up against past kitchen running backs and you're going to be able to find, figure out which game which teams are terrible about it some teams don't care some teams blitz too much and some teams end up double covering studs that go deep uh, Either way, they're terrible at defending pass catch and running backs, so you're going to have to go check out dump-off containment efficiency score over there this upcoming year, which I'm getting back on track. I am so excited for Devin A. Chain, for DFS, for everything. But I think he's going to be an asset in Dynasty, 2. I don't care about his weight because he's not going to get hit by defensive linemen. He's not going to get take hits. He's not going to take hits from linebackers. He's going to have to get tackled in the secondary because that's going to be the first chance that they're going to have – to actually get to him with six blockers on the line and only facing five people in the box. Six people well, in the box. You're you're putting it exactly where I was at with actually with a chain uh when he got drafted by Miami,
1: I'm like, oh that's a problem because there's so much speed. Like you just said so and, much speed. It, it's funny too because the only people and I only is in the right term the, the best people on a defense to catch a chain are going to be having their backs to him because they're going to be racing downfield with with Hill yes. and Waddle. So what that means is the speed is going to be running in the same direction as a chain, 30 yards ahead of him. And he's going to, he's got a 43240, 9.97 so in terms of RAS score on the 40 uh-huh. alone. He's super fast, right? And so, again, you know, Shanahan loves this. And you know, the Miami team loves this. They want this offense, right? And so, I'm like getting Shanahan, all hot bothered.
2: I'm getting all i saying hot Shanahan bothered.
1: like he was in, in uh, San Fran. But like, you know, it, it's Mike McDaniel loves this guy, right? Like, this is someone that fits perfectly with that offense. And so I'm saying, like, I'm with you entirely. I think that he can easily break juke some linebacker out of his shoes because that linebacker is going to be not 4-3 speed worthy. And it's just, if nothing else, run right by him. So I kind of agree with you on all of what you just said. I will say this. There is some concern, in a sense, because that offense, especially with Tua, it worries me that he's going to be, you know, concerned about getting another concussion or they're going to be, like, bringing in an extra, like, Derm Smythe, in a sense, to block and all this. And then a going to get outside – I don't know if Tua is going to have the time to find him and all this. It makes me nervous, and it's speculation season for all of this. But I will say I agree with you entirely on the speed being the killer. Speed is not something you can train an NFL player to do. You can't train whatever you want to do. You can't make an NFL player faster. And four three two is about as fast as it comes. And I am not worried about A-Chain's speed. I'm worried about everything else he's got to learn, and that's fine with me. That other stuff he can learn speed you cannot be taught and that is i love doing that i did that all the time in madden in the uh, you know franchise mode right just draft the fast guy will will train the rest into anyway. him it's not a big deal and i i totally agree with you if there are no other offensive additions to this dolphins offense which i don't think there will be at this point as much as i would love to see dalvin cook join that team because i think that fits perfectly with what they want to do and if they chain via speed you know change of pace kind of guy that would hurt his dynasty value of course but Either way, both of those guys on that offense would be terrific additions, especially at this price we're talking about, right? RB 31 in Dynasty, I mean, that's a steal to me. Like, that's that's somebody who could have, you know, easily RB 12 type upside in a year if nobody gets added there. And that you don't find that a lot in the running back position at this kind of, you know, at this type of range in, in ADP. You know what I mean? Like, that's just crazy amount of upside. So I agree with you entirely on all that.
2: So I've actually talked a lot about how, Shanahan and the offense that uh, Mike McDaniel's operates, same offense. Yep. Uh, they they have a certain player that they love, right? Yeah. And it's a, a player or he that, lastered, right? <laughs> it's it's a guy with tremendous speed, speed. right? Yeah. The guy that can catch passes out of the backfield, and so I was going through stuff and I realized that A-Chain has a very similar combine to Elijah Mitchell. Yes. He's better than Elijah Mitchell he does, and you know how Elijah Mitchell plays for Shanahan, right? Yeah. Then. You know who Elijah Mitchell's best comparable player is? Jarek no. McKinnon. Jarek that, McKinnon. That's that, that that, right. they paid a shit ton of money on, right? Like, yeah. to, to come over there. Meanwhile, they have guys like Robert Train in the past and Evan Royster, who they couldn't stay healthy either for whatever reasons. I don't know why Shanahan also likes injured players, <laughs> but um, they, they have players who are very similar in terms of, like, they're, they got significant burst, they got significant speed, uh, and... and this type of player fits because they run a modified wide zone run scheme and what a wide zone run scheme for those who don't know is essentially you try to get to the outside as fast as possible you you chop block on the side that you're not running from so the weak side you end up chop blocking to, to cut off that uh ulterior defensive end or linebacker that's trying to blitz and catch the guy from behind and as soon as you hit that hold. You take it upfield and you go right. So, you immediately looking for cut it, and go. Yep, you, like there's gaps, right? And so, you try to find that gap, and that gap's too close. So, you find that gap and you just shoot through it and you just go upfield. And, and no juking's evolved, it's just straight nope. line speed, baby. It's straight line speed throughout the entire time. The issue is you just have to worry that your back end blocker chops that guy because if he doesn't, it catches you from behind on the handoff, then you're dealing with the three yard loss. As long as that guy can make that chop block that defensive back now has to get up and nobody from the size is going to catch up with you. If a guy ends up, if they blitz from the strong side to too heavy, then that could be a concern. But when you end up employing a full-time blocker at like Durren Smythe at yeah. tight end, then you don't have to worry about it as much. You just have to find the gap now and then you just take off and you go upfield. This creates for significant levels of breakaway runs because yeah. the safeties have to play up when you go into these formations. Um, if not, then they're running with the, like we talked about earlier, the running with the wide receiver. So you're still going to get 70 yards per carry, 10 yards per well, carry. So again, I think you're, you're actually describing this perfectly, which I think
1: is something that sometimes people maybe misunderstand or, or don't quite follow when it comes to the actual NFL game, when it comes to fantasy, even if let's say, let's say three downs in a row, three different tries of that exact play is a three yard loss for Devon A chain. But the fourth one is a 58 yard touchdown run. I'll gladly take that in fantasy, but they only run that that about
2: 40% of the time. Yeah. Like, so they have different, like they don't just, it's a modified wide zone run scheme. So they also run gap out of the same formations and they run uh, interior uh, zone blocking in the same formation. So you never know what they're going to go for. It just depends on what they feel like running, what the defense is going to give them. So I, I think that's important. You know, when the wide zone run scheme was actually created, no, I don't. It was with Icky Woods, baby. Your your oh, team. I believe it. I believe it. Ike, Ike Woods. shuffle, baby. So what? Yeah. What I'm saying too, though, is had like over from thousand my- yards rushing as a rookie. Uh, it was created with him and the Shanahan's and uh, the Gibbs, hmm. uh, who was I think an offensive coordinator for the Bengals or something on like those. Not Joe Gibbs, but one of them. I'm bringing it over to Joe Gibbs. Yeah. Ended up implementing it, but the wide zone run scheme was actually started. The first year it was created was with Icky Woods.
1: Well, that's interesting, but also I feel like it opens them up to a lot of different like counter games and like putting Waddle and Hill on the same side on like, you know, on a strong side, like putting the two speed on the other side of the field and just kind of seeing if A-Chain can get to that corner and go, there's nobody that can catch him because they got to cover too much field, right? So like there's a lot of opportunity for A-Chain to break those big runs in this offense. And that's actually what I like about him a lot and why I like his upside, because again, all it takes is one, you know, 58 yard run to win your week in fantasy. You know what I mean? Like that's huge. Yeah. And again, if it, let's say again, you know, heaven forbid, he, he has six chances in a game, but five of those are three yard losses, and it feels like they're not going to go that way. You know, Mike McDaniel is going to be like, no, no, we're still going. We're still going to figure it out. We're going to block an extra guy. We're going to do an extra thing. We're going to make this happen because he knows the upside is crazy, and that one run is all it takes to win you. And twelve yard, twelve point play for fantasy, right? Like it happens every year we see this all the time so i love devin a chain and i just wanted to give you an extra chance to talk about him we did have an interesting conversation i guess here too in the chat um, uh, where it's like is a chain as good as we think he is this is an interesting trade matthew wiggins bringing up in the chat would you guys trade jacobs for a chain and levis and super flex personally i don't know if that's enough for me for Jacobs, no, but i love close. the attempt yeah i mean you don't think it's close at all okay
2: no you can get more uh levis is going late first round Uh, a chains going late first round sure that sounds like a a fair trade for jacobs but honestly like once the season starts it's not going to be fair because will levis is not going to be starting for the tennessee titans most likely and if he is really doesn't have the weapons or anything you're not going to want him yeah (laughs) yeah so uh i would wait till a couple weeks into the season and revisit that trade because chains also not going to start out of the blocks I agree entirely. says so he's
1: got Tanny, who's his third quarterback. So again, it kind of helps like a little bit of that bridge, like whenever Tannehill's done and they bring up Levis, but I still don't think that's enough. I'm, I'm enough. With you. i think i I like I think it. think you can get
2: a little more. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like when it comes to actual fantasy production, I think that you're probably winning that trade for lifetime value. Push. Oh, sure. Sure. But you can get more. Josh Jacobs just has a bigger name than, than you throw and- it. This is something A-chain we've talked brothers.
1: about on this podcast. I'm sure you've talked about it too. Like, I'm not saying that a chain and Levis isn't going to be worth Jacobs. Like obviously in 10 years, who cares? Right. Like that's not the point. I'm just saying Jacobs is worth more. Now you can get more than that. If you can get a chain and I don't know, Ritter, like a chain and Goff, like one of those, like other quarterbacks that people don't like that. i might going to be like, okay, yeah, like, all right, I now I'm that. getting a starting quarterback. Right. So like, that's where I might try to lean on, like for a one year rental, like somebody who's got some low upside. Because I think A-Chain's upside in a year or two, obviously, running backs, as we just discussed earlier, tend to fall off a cliff. I don't know if Jacobs is going to be a running back you know, RB1 for three years. I can't say that. But I do feel like the, the point potential, if you're rebuilding especially, I love making a trade like that, just to get out of Jacobs and get some upside guys that are rising up the ranks. Um, there are some other guys I put on the sheet, of course, that I want to talk about. And, and we can kind of put all these in one last group and see if any of them you want to talk about. But to round out the top 50 running backs in AFC running back ADP, we've got Ty J. Spears at 40, Tank Bigsby at 41, Damian Harris at 42, Samajay Ryan at 43, Chase Brown at 45, and Izzy Abanaconda, who you mentioned before, at 48, Devin Singletary, who you mentioned before, at 49, and Jalen Warren at 50. Any of these guys you're targeting in trades that you feel like could see a big uptick, not necessarily in points, but like, In dynasty value in a year from now. I mean, is any of these like is any of this like a a diamond in the rough, maybe for you?
2: Damian Harris and Devin Singletary are both too low. Jalen Warren is also too low, uh, who's a more efficient running back, in my opinion, for the Pittsburgh Steelers than Najee Harris. Uh, I don't think that he's gonna see an uptick in value, but I just want him on my roster just in case Najee gets hurt. He's probably yeah, honestly, I think Jalen Warren might be the number one handcuff with independent value. He might not even have He's definitely the number one handcuff without independent value but i think he could end up having independent value as well it really depends on how efficient the Pittsburgh Steelers are which i don't have a lot of faith in oh yeah um so i think izzy is possibly the guy there but i mean these are all running backs i'm okay with taking i would definitely move ahead of chase brown so i don't understand yeah. why chase brown has value outside of an expiring contract with Mixon, but they could just draft a running back next year with, you know, whatever. It seems like the Bengals organization is pretty in on how to value running backs. They're, they're just going to draft yeah. that are in the third or fourth round following Joe Mixon's exit.
1: Well, and also they, they don't tend to pay running backs. They paid Joe Mixon a second contract, and I wouldn't say that was a bad decision looking back, but it just doesn't happen that often. The Bengals don't tend to do that. I also don't see the Bengals adding somebody like Ezekiel Elliott or Leonard Fournette. Like, that's just not how, that's not what they do. Like, that's just not how they they tend to operate. Um, And I think that's partially why Chase Brown is elevated a little bit, at least in value, because it's like, well, they drafted this guy. They must like him. But he was a fifth round pick. I, I just, I'm not sold on Chase Brown that much myself. I'd much rather have Chris Evans for even cheaper, to be honest with you. I think Chris Evans has a chance to be a kind of sleeper for the Bengals this year, in a sense. Uh Mixon hasn't exactly been the pillar of health, and we'll see what that happens this year. But of this group, again, Spears at 40, Bigsby at 41, Harris at 42, P. Ryan at 43, Brown at 45, Izzy Abanaconda at 48, Singletary 49, and Warren at 50. Just to round that out again, I like P. Ryan a lot because I think there's a chance he starts the year hot and you can flip him for something more in week three because I think there is going to be somebody in your league that's going to see P. Ryan scoring 15, 20 points and being like, I want that guy on my team it's dynasty bro i don't think p ryan's that guy but if you're willing to you know ride the lightning and kind of see what you can get with him well you know jamonte is still healing and kind of getting up to speed that might be your window and i just think p ryan is going to be playing for somebody he's going to be playing for a contract what have you he's a great role player as we just saw in cincinnati so i'm higher on p ryan than this myself uh, i don't disagree with you at all about harris and singletary both being a little low though I think all three of those guys are guys that I would be fine to grab and just kind of see how it goes to start the year. Because, again, with running backs especially, you really never know. I mean, running backs are, I don't want to say they're a dime a dozen, but it it gets down to this range and the value is so low and the the price is so cheap. I mean, I I try to add as many of these guys as I can. I'd much rather flip like a wide receiver three for any of these guys. You know what I mean? Like I'd much rather have any of these guys because I think the upside is greater for running backs right here. But uh, I guess with that, anything else you want to talk about with these running backs in general? Or do you think we covered it pretty well? I know you went into a depth on a lot of these players, and I appreciate that. But is there anything we're still missing or that you want to bring up again?
2: Yeah, Cincinnati's old regime was one that offered Jimmy's in the contract, correct? The new regime. Yep. So I do want to point that out in terms of like, okay, they're going to draft and just, they're going to become Buffalo, right? Where they're just drafting running backs every year yep. in the third round, fourth round, and they're just going to fill out that space. Uh,
1: when well, they don't have the contract uh, space either with Burrow and Chase and Higgins, like all these guys are gonna be getting money. They're gonna be plug and play running backs for the next three to five years, if I'm being honest, and which yeah. is fine. I think that's the way to do it. And they're not gonna give big money to anybody because they just that's not what they do anyway. So yeah, well, I Chase think Brown makes-
2: looks, Chase Brown looks so terrible at the senior bowl. Like up against well, equal competition, he was so bad. Chase Brown is not a good running back. He's a slasher who can offer you big plays from time to time. He me a lot of Alexander Madison where you know he's gonna get you you know 50 yards on 10 carries or 20 carries and you know that's going to be the the storyline of the game even 50
1: yards on 10 carries if chase brown pulls that off which i think is probably a high upside 50 yards on 10 carries that's still not somebody i really want necessarily to start you know what i mean like i'm not really excited about that That's that's probably a ceiling and like if i'm getting five fantasy points let's say seven if we count in ppr of some sort I don't know. It just doesn't do anything for me. And I just don't think his ceiling is that great. And I think they definitely draft somebody next year. Who's probably going to supplant him anyway. So for dynasty, I'm just not, I'm not sold on chase Brown. I, again, I'd rather have Chris Evans. He's been on this offense a little bit longer. He returns kicks. There's some of that random upside you get with punt returns and things like that. So like, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of with you on all this. I think all of these running backs, though, and even just some of the other guys we mentioned earlier than this, like if you can get them cheap, for sure, go for it. Right? Like if you've got somebody in your league that you know drafted Chase Brown at the two twelve and is regretting it and is willing to sell him for a third, I'd do that. You know what I mean? Like
2: all right, I don't well, I know if don't I, I take a third, third for him, I, I would. I would probably pass on a third for Chase
1: Brown. I would no, I'd third. much rather have Chase Brown than a third. That's what I'm saying. If he's if somebody in your league is willing no, to send I would Chase take Brown. The third. I, I, I no, I thirds are so random to me. I'd rather re-roll and see what Chase Brown can
2: do, and then just
1: a third I can get back in and trade anyway. So I'm not really that worried about it. So
2: there's there's guy who wrote this uh this workup um, on fantasyintervention.com. It's the most recent article. Plug. And it talks about uh yeah, of course. <laughs> I uh, he talks about how the only player that ascends in value from third round picks are tight ends. Hmm. Um. The quarterbacks can do it, but they don't always do it. The only tight end that lost value from the time they get drafted as a third-round pick until that same time the next year was Asi Asi over there for the Patriots. Every other tight end actually ascended at least one spot in terms of dynasty value because people always want to believe in the late-round tight ends, right? You you hear it every time. This is the tight end that's going to hit This this is the sleeper, yeah. And and so every single year, somebody's shooting the horn for some tight end and they always increase in value. So I'd much rather take a tight end with a third round pick or a fourth round pick or a free agent, undrafted free agent. You yeah. know, wh- how many rounds you play playing for Dynasty, I'd much rather take that and have them in se- ascend in value, right? And get an earlier third round pick or maybe a late second. I traded a Conquo for the 201 this year. Every single year I, I load up on third round fourth round and undrafted tight ends because I know at least one of them is going to go for a second round pick and honestly I'd much rather have that than have Chase Brown who's going to turn into Chris Evans because Chris Evans was Chase Brown before Chase Brown Entirely was just That's fair yep and Travion Williams was Chris Evans before Chris Evans was Chris Evans who became right. Chase Brown who is now Chase Brown every yep. single year we see that and they never you know increase in value they never end up uh, you know accumulating any kind of draft capital, so I'd much rather have the third round pick, which is liquid. And if I have to make a pick, I'm typically going to take a tight end in the third round.
1: Interesting. All right. Well, Corey put this in, and we didn't really talk about him at all. But he says he likes Tank out of these running backs the best. We really didn't get into Tank Bigsby, but there is some question marks, I guess, on you know whether or not that team really wants to lean on ETN and is Tank Bigsby the guy? I don't know. I feel like neither one of us really brought it up. To me, that says everything. Where it's like. Maybe. Sure. I don't know. I'm not banking on it. I'm, I'm If it happens, fine, and I miss out, great. If it doesn't happen, I didn't spend much on it. I'm not really that worried about it. But I do think Tank Bigsby isn't a bad pick. I definitely think his value is about right in this point. Like an RB41, like, sure. Like, take a flyer on him. Like, see what you can get. But, I mean, if you're telling me Tank Bigsby or Chase Brown, it's Tank Bigsby every day. You know, like, are you kidding me? Like, Chase Brown, I just I'm not too wowed by. Even Izzy Abanaconda, who you kind of mentioned earlier, is a handcuff. I think Tank is a great handcuff in a sense too, but other than that, I, I'm just I'm kind of out. But again, Tank I don't see
2: handcuff. I don't think. I think they'll well, they increase Jamal Agnew snaps. Like they'd figure out other ways. Tank Bigby is the guy that's going to have 15 carries for 60 yards if ETN goes out. If ETN right. doesn't go out, he's going to have eight carries for, for 23 uh, yards or something yeah, stupid, right? 40 and that's, yards, yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of what makes a me worried about Tank.
1: And I, again, I hate banking on injury. That just doesn't work well for me. I've never been able to predict that. And it just it's not something that's sticky anyway. So even if you are able to, it just not like you can predict the next one. So you're just kind of hoping for lightning in a bottle. And that's really what the, the case is for all these running backs, if you think about it. Any handcuff even. You're just hoping something happens to change the value. That's really all this is. So
2: yeah, I feel Jacksville, like we covered these guys pretty good. Jacksonville, real quick. Jacksonville's never shown a propensity to give their running back goal line touches. If Tank Bigsby landed with Dallas, where they've shown – this eagerness to give their goal line back carries over and over and over again, like, you know, Ezekiel Elliott's gotten over the past few years, I'd be much more inept to draft Tank Bigsby. But Jackson, would they get down on the goal line, they'd rather pass uh, in most cases. So I just don't see the touchdowns existing there in order to draft Tank Bigsby, but maybe I'm wrong. No, I agree. And we'll see. Obviously with running backs, you never know,
1: right? Like at this range, you're just hoping to, to guess, right. That's all we're all trying to do. So appreciate that. I think that was a pretty good coverage. I think we broke that down really yeah. well. We're definitely <laughs> past the hour mark. And I love that. Uh, we do have to bring up, we had one listener league trade this week that I wanted to mention, especially because this, it covers two AFC running backs. Like, thank you so much guys for playing right into the, the topic of the show. So in dynasty junkies too, we had a trade where renegades of punts gave up Josh Jacobs Dynasty Eeyore for Travis ETN. Now, straight up, which of these two do you prefer, Chase? I know I have my opinion, but I want to hear yours first. Which of these I'll, guys? Jacobs I'll
2: or take, Etienne?
1: I'll take ETN. I like ETN a lot, and I think straight up ETN makes sense based on value. Again, to refresh, ETN is the RB8 and June ADP ADP and Jacobs is RB10. I kind of get the logic, especially if you're afraid of tank. And it's ironic actually that Dynasty Eeyore gave up ETN, and he was the one who was just commenting, Corey here. Was saying that you know he likes Tank and he was the one that gave up ETN. So thank you, Corey, for playing into this. But also, he's like, I was hoping for Tank or Johnson in Dallas. I agree with you. Like there, there is definitely some love there in the sense that he went to kind of maybe harm ETN in a sense. I don't I, I get the logic of I don't hate getting Jacobs for ETN, but I feel like you could have probably gotten more. I feel like you know, Jacobs plus a little bit equals ETN in most leagues. And so in this point, it's like you're, you're kind of giving up a little bit of value. So again, Corey doing a great job here trading, or sorry, Renegades of Punts doing a great job here doing Josh Jacobs straight up for ETN. I feel like he got a little bit of value. But again, I don't, I, and Wiggins, obviously, thank you very much for posting in the chat. He was the one to trade with Eeyore. And I, I love that. I wasn't sure which team that was. So again, two of the guys in the chat are here talking about their trade. I love it. But I think Jacobs greater sign ETN straight up as the ADP shows, but it's close. And if you got a guy and you're convicted on that and you want to go with it, I don't hate you. I don't think it's a bad trade. I don't think it's a terrible, you know, we don't do vetoes. We're not revoking any of this. It's more of a get your guy trade and I respect the hell out of it. So I love that, guys. Thank you so much for helping us out with that. Last segment of the show. This is one of my favorites. I know we talked about this a little bit uh, via DM this week. Find me a trade. And and I, I again, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least play the clip because we have it and I'm going to because it's awesome. Find me a trade. Thank you, Brian Har for that. This is submitted by Andrew Ember, who is also in Dynasty Junkies, too. So we've got a very DJ2-centric show tonight. Um, his team is the, uh, well, it's just A. Ember, but the league is Average Joe's League. Uh, this is a 12-team PPR, 1.5 extra for tight end premium, and a super flex. Start 10, quarterback, two running back, two receiver, tight end, free flex, super flex league. Um, I'll bring up the rosters here for those that are listening or, or that are watching, I guess. I won't really go through the whole thing, but I do want to read what Andrew's thoughts are because I feel like it's pretty appropriate for what we're trying to do. Um, he says it's one year into the league. It uh, started out attempting to contend, but then Dak and Lance got injured, which, oh my God, I hate when that happens. Uh, Dak and Lance got injured the first two weeks last year with no real QB3. So pivoted to a tank for the one one I respect the hell out of that. I think that's the way to do it. If your team gets injured, just, just see what you can do. Pivot around, right? Uh, He moved Tyreek, Aaron Jones, Hawk, and Kamara for picks and young pieces. I kind of like that. Again, not knowing the deets, but I like that move. While keeping a core of uh, London and Higgins, traded Dak and Lance in a deal for Hertz in the offseason. Again, I love that trade. I think Hertz is a stud. Uh, Another trade of a late first plus late second for Godwin. I love Godwin, so I think that's a smart move. Even though it is a first, it's a late first. So even in Superflex, I'm fine with that. Andrew mentions here, he thinks he's still a potentially a year away from being a strong contender, but could be a fringe playoff team. Believes my best next move is probably to consolidate some of my flex type players into more bonafide starters, which I'm always a fan of if you can. Um, and then obviously trying to see if you can get somewhat stronger at QB2 instead of Pickett, Ritter, Levis, which we'll kind of get into. But it is a 12 team league with, again, some long TD bonuses. I know I have the, the show sheet up. I didn't see if you put a, a trade on here, Chase, but were you able to find one for Andrew's team, which I've got on the screen here?
2: Um, you know, it's a little late to come on to this aspect, but honestly, I would have made a trade prior to the season, obviously that, I mean, prior to the draft, uh, that's obviously done. I would have moved the one-on-one away to acquire more dominant, uh, quarterback and then see if I could have acquired assets around that because you're not in the same bell curve of production. And I talk about this a lot Mm. on my podcast where I want the same level of production and up and coming players at the same time like you have Chris Godwin who's about to lose value you have Michael Gallup who's losing value um you know Don Peoples Jones could be losing value and then you have Elijah Moore on top of that who you know they they're gonna cannibalize each other's value Uh, you know you already have Alec Pierce so I would like to see you move back one spot and grab Anthony Richardson and then try to make a play for maybe Michael Pittman Mm. or something on those lines uh This is a tough roster because you're just on so many different wavelengths of your production. By the time you're ready to compete, Bijan Robinson is going to be on the verge of getting a a second contract, right? You're only going to have him two more years on a rookie contract. So taking Bijan was counterproductive to an extent, but you can still rectify this. You can still rectify this. This is a two-quarterback league, right? Yep, super flex. What would you do here, Chase? I would make a play for one of the younger studs which is actually obtainable with uh georgie cord is that the name georgie oh cord? yeah
1: georgie cord He was one i was targeting too so this is perfect we're going all in on georgie tonight i love it
2: yeah i mean this is where you can move Bijan john robinson for aj brown plus mm. aj brown still has players or still has years left Anthony Richardson is, is valued as the second round pick in startups right now, late second round pick. So is A.J. Brown. We want Bijan Robinson is going in the first round. So for me, I would move Bijan plus your 2024 second for Anthony Richardson and A.J. Brown. And I think you could get that deal done. Repeat that again. It was John and what? And a 2024 20, second. Okay. Or you could go with actually, you know what would probably be even sexier than that? Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin, Bijan Robinson. You acquire Anthony Richardson and AJ Brown. You might even be able to get a pick back for that, or a young player that could see ascending value. I'm trying to look for one. Oh wait, Michael Pittman. So you might have to throw well, a little something extra.
1: What what, what, what do you got? My only concern with that, and this is, I'll pivot into my trading. We can talk about them both together. My only concern with that was when trading with Georgie cord, the only thing I noticed was his quarterbacks are a little light. And so if you're giving up a quarterback without getting one back, I feel like Georgie's probably going to want a quarterback, especially if he's getting rid of Anthony, Roberts, Anthony Richardson, which was probably the one Oh two, right? Like that, you know, that's a stud quarterback in a rookie draft. He probably earned that pick based on his team here. And I think if you're if you're going to be trying to get Anthony Richardson just for Bijan, you have to be in my mind anyway. You have to be making that trade with someone who's contending. And I'm not quite sure if Georgie Court is contending this year because his quarterbacks are so weak. So I, I yeah, love the idea. Those are people I think it's that build. Yeah,
2: those are people that people that don't understand dynasty league football. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and we're not right? trying to so, trash on you, Georgie, if you're listening. I'm not saying you don't know Dynasty, but you're entirely right, Chase. This is the kind of trade you can send just to see what happens. Because there are people out there that are like, you know, Bijan is a top six Dynasty pick. He's going to be a stud for four years. Like, I don't mind acquiring him early. And, like, there are questions with Anthony Richardson and all this, right? Like, so maybe there's a, a kind of the bones of that trade could be done where it's like Bijan and Godwin and maybe even another piece, for
2: instance. Don't, don't or Richardson, Pittman, and Brown. You know, yeah, I, I don't mind that at all. Throwing Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett don't matter. So you've seen an upgraded quarterback okay. from Anthony Richardson from Pickett to Anthony Richardson. You've seen an upgrade from Bijan to AJ Brown. You're seeing a slight downgrade possibly, mm-hmm. and then you're seeing Chris Godwin equal to parts Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman, but you're getting a stack with Michael Pittman. Yep. Meanwhile, they still have Brock Purdy. They still have, you know, same Sam. Howell, right? Like. There, there is. OK, so real quick, just because
1: I think this goes into this discussion, there could be some logic. Again, if Georgie is looking at his team, he might look at like Purdy and Howell. This is my year. Like I got to go all in. Like I don't have much longevity here. I might as well try to go get it. Maybe yeah. there is some value in saying maybe you got to catch that lightning. And Bijan helps with that. Right. My trade was very similar, but also very different because I, I didn't want to involve quarterbacks too much if I could help it. So my trade was with the same team with Georgie Cord was Bijan and then Chig and Meyer, Chig and Michael Meyer, who I think are both good tight ends in a sense, but neither one of them are really going to be flashy enough in my mind for Dobbins, Friarmouth, Howell, and a 24 first. And the logic being like, I don't mind getting a quarterback in Howell who is kind of a rental in a sense. It upgrades your QB three a little bit. Uh, Dobbins to Bijan is obviously a big gap, but we were just talking about Dobbins. I don't mind Dobbins as my running back one now. Andrew's team is a little bit late. He's got David Chico, James Cooks, Maj P. Ryan. Like he's got some players, Devin H. And we we're just talking about. Like, he's got some players who are gonna be, you know, worthy. But I think Dobbins is probably the best in terms of dynasty value. So you're trading down from Bijan to Dobbins, and then Friarmouth for chicken Meyer, like, okay, I'm fine with that. Like, I think Friarmouth's more of a, a set it and forget it kind of tight end than those two. And then you add a 24 first and hell for that big difference in Bijan to Dobbins, right? So it gives you another quarterback. But again, I don't know if if Georgie would want to send away Anthony Richardson after just drafting him in my experience too. And every league is different, but as soon as that player, or that, as soon as that pick becomes a player, it's harder to get that player than it was to get that pick. Right. Cause like now that pick, not when you have Bijan
2: at the one oh one I agree.
1: That's actually where I was going to say, like that, that's harder to do, but when you're sending a player like Bijan in that trade, it makes it a little bit more attractive. And especially because now Georgie would have Bijan and Anthony Richardson those two names are very hot right now, especially after the rookie draft, where it's like, maybe that makes sense to be like, now I got the top two players in this rookie draft. That's kind of fun, like depending on the team. And again, Ch- Ch- Conquo and-, and Michael Mayer, I don't hate either one of them, but I'm not really excited about starting either one of them, especially long-term at tight end. Friermuth, I feel like is more of an even trade for those two. So the bare bones of this, you could just go straight down to Friermuth for Chick and meyer and see if that works, if that's too big of a trade. So I, I think both of us are on the same wavelength in the sense like, you, I think you got to move Bijan. I just don't think there's any reason for Bijan to be on this roster. It's too top heavy at the running back. I know you got hurts. I know you got uh, Higgins. I know you got Godwin, like London. i sorry. It wasn't Higgins. It was London Higgins and Godwin. Yeah. So like you got a pretty good receiver core, but I just, I would want to have a different option. And then also getting that 24 first gives you the chance to pivot to a rebuild, which is what you said your team felt like anyway. So I think we're, Maybe I'm wrong here, Chase. What do you think? Are we on the same page? Or are we different in a sense of like getting rid of Bijan and adding assets here?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the same concept. The other yeah. one that I'm looking at right now is with Shoe FF. Yeah. Uh, Brees Hall and Bryce Young for Bijan. Brees Hall and Bryce Young
1: for Bijan. That might be a little heavy, but I'd be okay with adding like a Chig or Mayor or something like that to, out, you know, to even it out. My logic, with, and again, my, I'm, I'm with you on this. Because again, I looked at Chewy's team too, and his his tight ends are OJ Howard, Evan Ingram, Mike Gesicki, and Noah Gray. I don't know; none of those guys really wow me. If if Chewy, who I'm a friend, I'm friends with, I know Chewy. If he's high on Chig, you know Bijan and Chig for Brees and Bryce, I'm fine with that. I'd be happy to get rid of that, and it adds a good quarterback as a QB three in a sense. And again, Brees to to. Uh, Bijan isn't that much of a difference. So I feel like you're still getting a good yeah. value. So, and again, these are bones. These are meant to be options that you can take, Andrew, and kind of see if you can find some team that maybe has some idea. But I think we're on the same page. that Trading Bijan might be your best choice here. Whether you're rebuilding or not, I just feel like you need to spread that out. You need more starters on this team. I know it's only start 10 and you've got a pretty good set of receivers and all this. You're still going to be really light at those flex spots unless you get more assets for this. And, again, if you can get a quarterback for Bijan, like we're both talking about here, without giving one away, that's phenomenal. That's the answer. I think that's what you got to right. try to do. So, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. And, again, Andrew, love it if you tag us on Twitter and, and send us DMs. Obviously, you're in the uh, the group meet chat for DJ2. Let us know what you think of this. Um, but, again, I, was there anything else, Chase, that you saw looking at these teams and, and anything else you want to mention here before we move on?
2: Not really. I mean, it's these teams are pretty consolidated in terms of, where the uh, traction lies like it looks like it's been a league that's been in place for one year so you don't have a lot of yep. teams that are that have significant weight i mean sorry but there's one team that's terrible in here i'm not even saying who it is you don't need um, to uh but <laughs>
1: i'll jump in and just say this too we see this a lot with find me a trades where a league is one zero or one years in and the, the league is kind of even because everybody just drafted right and that happens often and that makes yeah. trading a little bit tougher when everybody is still kind of on their guys um and and again no fault to anybody if your team is the i know which one you're thinking of which is the one i'm thinking of that i'm not going to mention there is one maybe even two teams that i'm just not at all i have a
2: starting running back
1: (laughs) well the one i'm thinking of doesn't even have a a solid qb2 where it's like just what are we doing um but anyway um my logic is there are some teams sometimes even in one year out dynasty leagues that are already in rebuild mode I don't think you're going to trade Bijan to a rebuilding team. So I would definitely focus on those top, you know, better quote unquote contending teams, whatever, to send Bijan to that roster and see if you can sneak a quarterback back out of them. That's where I would start with. Um, I think your trade was kind of in the same mindset. And I love the idea of tearing down to A.J. Brown. I think that's a terrific idea to pivot because it makes your starting receiver group really solid. And it gives you that that stack with Hurts, which obviously is kind of a twist to in Dynasty. I love stacking elite assets like that. I love doing it in redraft and best ball and all that. But in Dynasty, it's not You also get Richard and Pittman too. Which would be phenomenal, right? I totally agree with you. But again, in Dynasty, some people frown on that or they don't want to do it. I love doing it. I think there's always a fun time with that because then you get that kind of synergy bonus in a sense. When that team is doing well, you're doing well. And your team is rocking and rolling. And if it's not doing well, your team wasn't doing well anyway. You know, you're you're fine. So yeah, I think that's good. I think that gives you some good bones to move on there, Andrew. Hopefully you can find it. Like I said, tag us on Twitter if you pull that off. Send us a message in the group me. Um, but for the most part, I think that wraps us up. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about tonight, Chase, before we get out of here tonight oh, I think I'm set. I think I'm good to go. No, and I appreciate you coming on. I know Scott again. Scott was busy. Couldn't come on tonight. I'm not reading his handle because that's the rule. Rocky doesn't get his right either. But follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Junkies. You can follow me at Andrew Hall FF. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. We love seeing that. I know we've gotten some new reviews on the Apple Podcasts and things like that. We love hearing your reviews. Tag us in polls, tag us on Twitter. Any of us, our, our DMs are always open. I know, Chase, really appreciate you being here. And again, just for those that may have missed it at the beginning, where can they find you and what are you up to these days in the fantasy space?
2: At FF underscore intervention is where you can find me on Twitter, uh, youtube.com slash fantasy intervention. It's where you guys can find us on YouTube. Go check out the channel. Hit subscribe. we got all sorts of good stuff coming out. Man, I'm over there working with Trophy Smack. I'm working with Player Profiler. I'm excited to get this DFS league started out. We're, we're ready to rock and roll, man. Season's in swing. Let's go, baby. Oof.
1: Amen to that. And again, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Jesse again. His uh, SFB team who is drafting live in Buffalo tonight. I want to call this out because I think it's awesome. He's at the 103. He's got Mahomes, Barkley, Daniel Jones, Darren Waller, Joe Mixon in the 5th. Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, Greg Dolchitz, um, uh, Antonio Gibson, and Jordan Addison for his first 10 picks. Honestly, I love that team. I think that's pretty stellar. I like it. I like Waller and Dulcich both at tight end in this, in this format. Uh, I love Mixon as your RB, two. We talked about him. Antonio Gibson, of course, I like that in the ninth. So, again, Jesse, thank you so much for chatting with us tonight. While you're drafting, that's just baller to me. We also had Matthew and Corey who were involved in the trade. We had Jason Real in the chat tonight. Appreciate all you guys for tuning in. Anybody else who's listening live, anybody else who's listening in podcast form, thank you so much. We appreciate it. And with that, junkies out.